I can understand how, you know, why some people don't understand the Black Lives Matter movement or why some people don't empathize with uh, the, the people who feel that it's an issue for them because white people don't have the opportunity to experience black, experience being an African-American firsthand. Right. But on top of that, uh, on top of that, everything is exaggerated. Um, you know, when you actually go and look at the numbers. The OAMnetwork.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com. Get your free audiobook download by going to audibletrial.com slash OAM. That's audibletrial.com slash OAM. Welcome to the Rockcast. Black Lives Matter, and more specifically, the Black Lives Matter movement in regards to social media, has been so explosive that you could almost call it a phenomenon, and it's something that will be remembered when history examines this decade in the United States. The Black Lives Matter movement itself is so ideologically important for helping white America wake up to the problems facing black America, but unfortunately, the movement has fallen into many pitfalls that all social media trends do, in that anyone can give their two cents in the name of the movement and tarnish the appearance of the movement to those that want the movement to be tarnished. I aim to discuss this topic over a series of podcasts as it's so important that people receive a clear message, and I wanted to start the conversation with my friend Corey Owens. Corey's a social media entrepreneur. He helps people with branding, business plans, advertising, social media, etc. He manages the labelless.com and the Memphis Entrepreneur Club. With his understanding of social media and how everything ticks, I thought he would be able to give good insight on the subject and how it affects BLM. I'd also like to mention that he's helped me in the past with logo work, 3D graphic design, and website work um, when I was on a podcast called Experience Pints, and I highly recommend his work in those regards. Also, this is my first phone interview, so that's the reason for the quality levels that you're going to hear. But without further ado... I'd like to give you your Rotcast. Given given your background and given, you know, your your place in the social media atmosphere and how much experience you have with it, what would you say your opinion is on the state of things as far as racial tension goes inside social media and in general? Okay. I, I can say that I was fortunate enough to kind of grow up in a more privileged atmosphere, um, you know, on, on the opposite side of the railroad tracks, as they would say it, <laughs> the <laughs> suburban area. Uh, but I, I do have a lot of, uh, urban background. I have a lot of family, I have a lot of friends and, um, you know, I have a lot of acquaintances who are on the opposite side of those tracks. Um, bringing, you know, my very cultural experience into social media, I've noticed social media is not really a place for social media. <laughs> it's more of a place for advertising. It's more of a place for uh business relationships and that's something that a lot of people don't understand. 
So uh, when I see people engage on uh, in political topics, uh, social and civil rights topics, uh, what a lot of those people fail to understand is that they're feeding into this uh, business marketplace. They're feeding a lot of information, not necessarily positive information, into this marketplace, and they're taking advantage of the so-called social network to, uh, you know, give very biased, uneducated opinions, and uh, you know, I guess jump on the bandwagon. I feel like. You know, while social media is a good place to, uh, or the internet in general, is a good place to find information, it's also far from a good place to find information because it's so <laughs> saturated with so much misinformation. Right. You know, um, speaking on social media specifically, uh, a lot of people also fail to realize that you know, a particular news feed is syndicated. It, it's very uh, geared towards your very specific interests. So if I'm a guy who supports Black Lives Matter, right, mm-hmm. uh, and I support Donald Trump, and I go on Facebook, let's say, and, you know, five out of ten of the posts that I like has something to do with Black Lives Matter and Donald Trump. Well, my news feed is going to reflect the things that I'm interested in personally. Right. While it while it appears that uh, everyone in my my general network is seeing the same information, that's just not right. true. So, which in turn could make people who might be less comfortable giving their racial opinions on things normally feel more comfortable doing it because they think, well, obviously there's a lot of people out there that feel the same way that I do, but it's exactly. not that they, f- it's not that they feel like you do. It's that those are the only people that you're seeing and that's the only exactly. news that you're seeing. And so exactly. it, it pushes people to be louder. Mm-hmm. It encourages people to um, speak up, especially about information that, uh, that they don't understand. So do you think that it's revealed, do you think that it's revealed that there is a very large and very real problem as far as racism goes? Or do you think that we're only seeing or more often seeing loud mouths that are saying this stuff? I'd say it's it's pretty 50-50. I guess I can put it like this. Racism is only a problem for the people who want the problem to exist. So if you want to, um, the more that you advertise that negativity, the more that you um, give your attention to uh, the negativity in, let's say, racism, the more it's going to appear, uh, let's say, on your newsfeed or in your life for you, the more it's going to be apparent. It's kind of like seeing a brand new car for the first time or not so brand new car for the first time. Once you see that car for the first time, you notice it everywhere. Okay. I, you know, I can, if you, like if, if you, you get if you get a car, then you know if you get a new car, then you notice your car all over the place, but you hadn't seen it all over the place before you got that car. Right, that too. Or if you just consciously notice a new car, you start to see it four, five, six times in the yeah. same day. 
the slug bug game doesn't it. seem like it'd be a game that you could that you could play very easily till you start playing it and then you realize that there are beetles all over the place right um i i hear you but i don't want to diminish that you know racism really obviously is a a big thing right now or not just being that it's a big thing right now but like it is very real and in my opinion, I feel like there's a lot of things that do need to be addressed. Very, yeah, that's very true. Um, it is very real, um, but I believe that it's amplified. It's um, exaggerated. Uh, it's there's so much more focus on uh, the problem than there is focus on the solution, and the solution is definitely there. There's okay, a lot of non-racism, but um, what's being broadcasted specifically is the racism. So uh, there are good people, there are bad people. I believe there are more good people than there are bad. But what's being advertised and broadcasted to us are those bad people. It makes news headlines. So, right. It makes the headlines purposely. People, it's clickbait. Yeah. It's, it, there's an agenda. There's, uh, like I said, social social media is not a social platform. Uh, you know, for just social networking, it's a platform for advertising and business and mm-hmm. politics. So what's going to be broadcasted to us, whether or not we like it, is the stuff that they want us to see. I get what the you're stuff saying. That they want us to talk about. So, uh, you know, what we buy into, what we engage in is generally going to go viral. Um, simply because we kind of don't have an option. I, 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 I guess I can kind of like, I can get on both sides of that. So because the internet is because social media specifically, well, all internet really, I mean, even Google right. algor- right. algorithmically reaches out to you. So because you have that, it is the conversation that people are having that is driving those algorithms to give us the information that is what we are talking about. But you're saying that where that information is starting is not necessarily coming from good sources all the time. True. And Um, and they, and they do it hoping to incite that social media fervor. True. Right. That information comes from, uh, Sources that aren't always accurate. Okay. Uh, for instance, like the news, uh, friends <laughs> right. who, who, who post as if they have uh, civil expertise, as if they have, you know, a PhD in civil rights. <laughs> okay. They, they post very firm opinions and, uh, you know, that information gets commented on because someone dislikes a post or someone is offended. And by that person commenting on that post, it's more likely to show up in someone else's newsfeed. Hmm. So we're seeing these things that are, you know, that get people talking. And, um, you know, I can't deny that negativity gets more people talking than positivity. So not only are people going to engage on those posts that they feel uh, affect them in a negative way or, you know, negatively, emotionally, but uh, the news, uh, you know, these broadcasting TV stations are going to buy into that too. Oh, I see people are talking about, 
um, these two kids that got in a fight. Let's write a story on it. Yeah, ride the trend wave. Let's ride it. Yeah. And, and, you know, so that's just feeding all that information into more people's news feeds. Help us keep the lights on. Go to theoamnetwork.com slash donate today. Your contributions will support us in our venture to create free content, free of charge, and free of restrictions. Donate $25 or more and get a free shirt from Ohm. Remember, your support matters. Head over to theoamnetwork.com slash donate. In pod, we trust. I guess I'm just thinking of stories specifically. I mean... Back when the Bill Cosby stuff was all still big, there was yeah. there was a wave and a trend of people that were saying this is happening because he's black. And yes. while they might not have been wrong, was it wrong to to condemn somebody who was ob- who had obviously done something wrong? Right. What, like, what do you think of that situation and the way that that played out? What's What's your comment on that? My My take on, um, you know, any, any big story is I truly wasn't there, so I can't say that it didn't happen. Right. Uh, but in this case, there were thirty something women that had come forward, and I think it was like eleven or twelve women were, you know. Right, we're able to add enough evidence to actually have a case. Right, regarding that, I personally feel, you know, it, when it comes to something like uh, the Bill Cosby situation, the the timing was bad. Okay, if 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 let's say you know Bill Cosby did do do these things that he was accused of, right. If it did happen, the fact that these women waited so long to speak out about it really um, dampened their chances to actually win a case. Sure. Uh, yeah, of course it dampened it. I, so, I, I mean, it's, it speaks to a whole other issue. I guess let's just take the hypothetical and and say that they uh, the hypothetical in your opinion that they that they let that they did that they were correct and that he did do it was it wrong to pursue him then definitely not okay and um see it also, I, just, I, just, know, not- I guess i just i, I can't I can't understand that that side when that when that stuff came out. Explain to me, explain to me what it is that's seen from the black perspective that me as a white man, I'm not able to get or comprehend about somebody who, for all intents and purposes, appears as guilty as guilty can be. Mm-hmm. And then the atmosphere that surrounds it says, well, you're only doing this because he's black. Well, so then because he's black, do we let him get off on this? Like, is it, is this really a race issue? Because at this point, at this point, it's really more about the fact that someone raped women, you know? Right. Um, And, And what I meant was, when I said the timing was bad, 
there were so many events regarding, uh, you know, uh, the mistreatment of African Americans that led up to this particular time. Sure. Um, so the fact that they chose now this very intensive moment in this Black Lives Matter movement to speak out about a very successful black male. I get what you're uh, saying. Not only did, not only uh, does it dampen their potential chances of winning a case, it also dampens these African Americans, um, perception on the case. So they can't focus on, uh, man rapes woman. They focus on black versus white because of the times. Right. So the fact that they chose this very, uh, civil, civil time really, you know, it, it kind of makes it hard for the average black person to look at the case logically instead of emotionally and react to it in a logical manner. I, I get what you're saying now. So it kind of goes back to what you were saying about, um, uh, maybe not media outlets, but people looking to ride the trend wave, maybe possibly not for sure. Not saying that this definitely happened, but maybe somebody pushed that initial button to say, all right, let's go on and start that wave. Let's see how many of of his victims we can get out here during this tumultuous time that we have regarding racism. While he is probably guilty, this time is perfect right now to make a story huge. Exactly. I get what you're saying. Because the Black Lives Matter thing is is such a big deal right now. Right. You know, it's exaggerated to look like it's such a big deal. Like I said, it's um, a Facebook it's a political platform. So you got people running for presidency who are either for it or uh, they <laughs> straight up or against they it. Seem like, <laughs> yeah, or they seem I, like I they can't might remember if I don't remember if <laughs> candidates have straight up said that they're against it, but they're sure <laughs> discouraged to continue yeah. their movement to say the least. <laughs> I, I haven't heard All any right. direct quotes saying that they're not for it, but yeah. So it's a strange thing, though. You know, it's it's um, I'd like to say that, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement is definitely a very genuine movement for the people who actually want to uh, to give black people the opportunity without uh, taking away um, without taking away the you know, from the white community or from other communities, there is a genuine group of people who are pushing Black Lives Matter because they genuinely just want black people to have an opportunity. Yeah. But then there are people who want to take advantage of this very trendy situation to um, just to... Propagate themselves. Right, right. Um, And, you know, so they will come in and they will do something negative and take advantage of the situation to get something for themselves. And the media is going to be all over that person or those, or that group of people, you know? So uh, what's shown to us uh, somewhat conditions us for an event that is, you know, planned to take place in the future. So the fact that, that we're seeing a lot of this black lives matter, 
all the, a, a lot of these events, I feel like social media is preparing us for, uh, you know, maybe uh, a particular presidential candidate or a particular law to be passed um, because of the Black Lives Matter movement. When in actuality, the law was going to be passed regardless of the Black Lives Matter movement. That is just uh, a way to get the public guess, behind uh, you. Right, to get the public behind you. Okay. So, you know, it's, it's a really tough situation. And I say it's tough because, you know, how can we as black people expect or how can we render a person who has never had to experience being an African-American firsthand um, the community-wide emotional insecurities that might exist it's, by being that black person? It's such a sense. it's such a crazy difference, um, I think, between how and I think that the reason that it's exploded so so largely, at least among public conversation, is I think that there's a huge disconnect between how um, our generation's children were raised in regards to what they were taught about race issues and and how those issues were carried out in the 30s, 40s, 50s and 60s. Right. Like, everybody knows about slavery and everybody mm-hmm. knows about that mistreatment and everybody right. kind of gets that it lingered and everybody gets that um you know there were there were colored water fountains and that there were buses that uh you know that all buses that black people had to ride in the back, back of the buses or they couldn't ride that bus at all. And that has kind of gotten, but what I, what was not taught, at least for me, and I think for a lot of um, my white friends that I grew up with, I don't feel like we were taught what the repercussions were for people that chose to sit at the front of the bus or to use whichever water fountain they wanted to use. I think that's where the disconnect is because I feel like um, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like black children did get that information. They did hear what would happen to you if you used the, wa- the wrong water fountain. Um, and I think that's where the history difference comes in and creates kind of like a, uh, why are you so sensitive about this conversation yeah. from the, from the white right. person's perspective? Because they don't, right. they can't grasp it. Like for me, for instance, I didn't, it didn't really hit me what that environment was like until my African-American history class in college when we were having the conversation about it and then pictures are coming up with with lynchings in towns in the middle of towns in the 50s and I was able to equate, oh crap, that was my great-grandparents. Like, not my great-grandparents, but it happened in a town center, you know? And that's that's when it hit me in waves. And I don't think a lot of people have gotten that kind of perspective. And I think that's what creates this disconnect of why are you so sensitive? That was so long ago. Right. And again, like, yeah, I I definitely agree. I feel like definitely, you know, more of the um, southern schools, a lot of that information was um, probably very specified. Uh, to a particular group of people. And, you know, on top of that, we have to consider that uh, when we were kids, 
we learned from um, a book of limit, limited information. Right. Our, our, when, we, when we went home, we were outside uh, with black kids, with white kids. Um, but today, kids go to school and, you know, they learn a little bit about history, but they're being taught more so through social media than they are through their history books because uh, that's what they're connected to all day long that's what they're connected to all day every day because they go home and they're not outside with other kids dude and and i see that this is kind of sidetracking but i i see that and it's weird to me like i go i go running um, i don't know two or three times a week and when i go running I don't, you don't even see any kids on even on warm days, and I and I don't no kids, and I don't know that that's that uh, if that's just that they're playing video games or that they're absorbed in their computers and their phones. I also wonder if there's like this cultural stigma that we have now, maybe with parents maybe afraid to let their kids go outside. Like I wonder if that exists too. I don't know what it is, but there's nobody outside. There's no adults, no yeah. kids, no yeah. nobody. I've it's weird. With, um, I've had several roommates who had kids, and <laughs> they tried to get their kids to go outside plenty of times. And uh, the fact that kids are more connected to technology and social media than we realize, uh, than we want them to be, <laughs> they go to. It, it's crazy. I have a, a friend who has a son who, when he's at home, he likes to be on his laptop. And I, I watch him. He's particularly he's playing uh, Minecraft. He's playing very specific games while he's on that computer. Uh-huh. He's not on Facebook. He's not on um, Twitter. He's not on YouTube. And when he is on YouTube, he's watching Minecraft videos. Right. All right. So the social media somehow, community is still there. It's just a different one. It's, it's like a living well, no, one. It's definitely it's definitely there. Um, but, but their version is inside of a game connecting to people's servers and seeing people in a virtual world versus out in the real too. world that too but that's only when they're at home when he goes to school and he comes back he's reciting the things that I saw on Facebook that same day he's when reciting he, it so you're saying that's being taught to them he goes to school no, he goes to school, and the kids who do have access to YouTube, to Facebook, to Twitter, are uh, on that bandwagon talking about these things that they think are cool because of social media. And he picks that up from his friends at school, and he comes back, and you know he's reciting, um, you know, what's what's a good one? What are those? Or <laughs> so do they do they get do they get adult news information like this this racist stuff that's i, I that, believe so i mean are they getting so. that uh, there's uh, you know are they saying our parents are fighting online right now about this about this racial tension like do they see I, that i don't think they're old enough to really understand what's going on online so they see it but they don't recognize it they don't understand it so it, it it's subconsciously uh, might register in their mind. I mean, they can read. All they consciously focus on is what um, what they understand or or what's trendy in their school. So, you know, like for instance, you go on Facebook and every now and then you have that one guy who posts a video of some sexual content 
sure. uh, because he's that guy or that guy who posts pictures of his weed and his bong and his money. <laughs> right. You have those people. And I'm generally sure they're are, generally their own sphere though is pretty locked in because people are going to remove them or report them. So, true. so if they're not reported, and, then their sphere is accepting of the stuff that they're posting. But I see what right. you're saying that children well, can be consumers of it. We'll definitely see that. Sure. But the fact that they're nine, eight, 10, 11, 12 years old, they're going to see it. And they're not going to have any clue what it means. So they're going to, um, they're going to ignore it, not necessarily on purpose, but because they don't understand what civil rights and Black Lives Matter and uh, weed and sex, they don't understand what it is, so they scroll past it and find something they're actually interested in. So, okay. You know, Which then would limit their for, sphere because of the algorithmically-based environment. Exactly. So these kids will still be exposed to these negative things, but... Uh, you know, but is this good information for them? I mean, do they need to know about this Black Lives Matter stuff? I mean, I kind of feel like they do. Like I was saying a yeah. minute ago, um, you know, we weren't as exposed to racial issues. I, I think I, I think anyway, from my perspective, I think that the baby boomers didn't really tell their kids about what was going on. They just thought that if they just didn't talk about it, that that would go away. There's a fine, there's a really fine line, uh-huh. especially when it comes to kids, because think about when you were a kid and you listened to very particular music. It's only, it was only, you know, when you were, let's say, 23, 24 years old that you realized what some of these songs actually meant. Uh-huh. So we can talk to these kids about this kind of stuff all day long. And, you know, I think it's a good idea to, you know, kind of start feeding uh, information to them so that they can, uh, I guess, choose, you know, what they want to support. Do you leave, do you leave choice in the, in the hands of a child when it comes to, um, their, their thoughts on racism though? I mean, I or, or whether or not it's real is what you're saying. I mean, I want I want to give the truth and say, you know, you this right. this is some this is some bad stuff that we are doing here, and we right. don't and it's still a problem. And uh, here's here's some ways that it's still a problem. But I also want to give good information. I don't want to give a lot of the right. social media information. So I'd like to clear that smut. You know, I see what you're saying. No. They're exposed to the smut. They're not exposed to reality. Yeah, right. And I, I feel like it's a good idea. While it's a good idea to give your kids uh, this information on what's happening right now uh, and what they're involved in, they're still going to be heavily influenced by uh, technology. Mm-hmm. So it's, well, I say it's a fine line because it's really hard to uh, influence a child who you know, yourself as, you know, let's say a mother or father, when you have 20, 30 kids that you interact with every day who are bringing very different information to the table. You know, so they're more likely to listen to what their friends are talking about uh, when it comes to relevant information. Oh, of course. 
That's that's going to be the new teenage angst. But I think it is uh, very important to talk to your kids about it because at the end of the day, they still should have an option. They they still should have uh, a, a a few different things to to look at before they decide what's true and what's not. For the parents that don't talk about it, they only have what their friends are seeing. They only have what is what they're being influenced by in social media and outside of the home. So it's like they don't have a choice when you when the parents don't actually talk about it. So what do we do about the parents that are influenced about it as well? <laughs> How, what's what's the light? Of, I know that's an impossible question to really answer, but I, I just you know don't. I always look for the light at the end of the tunnel. Like I, I can't yeah, name how I, many interviews I've had where I'm looking for a light at the end of the tunnel. What is it? Do we have one? Do do we have one on this race issue? I know I keep going back to it, but that that's what I've. I don't know. I don't get a good perspective on this stuff very often because of my own. Bubble. I think we we we. It's tough. I, I, we do, but it's really hard to find. Um, the. It's especially scary for me right now because of all the Trump stuff that's going on. It's amazing. Yeah. How, to me, how many voters actually got out there and they're willing to vote for somebody that is. And I know I just threw my opinion out there, but I I really don't care as far as like. As far as Trump, I have no, I, 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 I'm not going to hold myself back on saying that that's that's a bad idea, and yeah, and, really, and and the and, and the people is, that would vote for that, it's like, have you have you heard the things that he said? Have you heard the things that yes. he said about minorities, about people, about people that are of certain religions? Have you heard that he'd like to? you know, build a giant wall and keep out an entire group of people um, from being able to come into the country and do what what people have been doing for forever in our country and joining our melting pot and helping our workforce, not not pulling away from it, which is which is a whole other opinion. But I mean, just the smut that he's put out there about groups of people and violence and enacting violence on groups of people, you know. The fact that that's out there and that so many people have, voted for it. I have little to no knowledge on politics. Okay. Uh, and I can admit that not a lot of people can um, because they look at the, their news feed and they see this information that appears to be very true because it comes from quote unquote credible sources. It so hits their bubble, it's their opinion. It hits their bubble, and they say, oh, this is true because it was on the internet. Now they say this is true because CNN posted a video about it. Well, what I see is that the Republican Party and its acolytes and the news media are trying to demonize the protest movement that, you know, has sprung up in response to the all-too-common police killings of unarmed African-Americans across the country. The intent of the campaign um, is to cast the phrase Black Lives Matter as an inflammatory or even hateful anti-white expression that has no legitimate place in the civil rights campaign. Which really sucks because the fact that these big media outlets are not giving people the opportunity to make decisions for themselves is 
that's why it's likely that Donald Trump can become the president. Sure. And it gives <laughs> it, it, it it takes away it takes away from the credence of of what the Black Lives Matter movement started out as. It was saying it, to me. it was saying exactly. it was saying, hey, we're 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 saying that you guys only bring up in the media when a white guy does shoot a black kid in the street or a black kid does shoot a white guy in the street. You're not talking about all the killings that are going on. The gun violence thing is that whole conversation is diminished. As I talked with uh, Sean Mosley on my other show, that whole problem is diminished in conversation because it's only limited in scope to the white perspective of the problem, which is the hobbyist perspective of the problem that is gun control, not where blacks are shooting each other in the street every day. And there's like literally 30,000 deaths a year or something related to gun related violence, or maybe, not deaths but injuries related to guns and it's because it's those black on black and that's the point of black lives matter at least in my perspective is not just not just that white people are mistreating blacks but that blacks are being overlooked in their own problems we have blacks on black we have black on black crime but nobody's talking about that Exactly. That's, that's how what, Black Lives Matter. That's what pisses me off about the Black Lives Matter movement. And I've, I've gotten a lot of hate mail, uh, a lot of negative responses when I said, you know, I, I've, I've been, I've posted things that look, that seem to be very, uh, with the times as far as trends, such as all lives matter, um, <laughs> Black Lives Matter, whatever it might be, whatever I say, there's going to be someone that hates me for it. Sure. And what I wish people, People can understand is that yes, all lives matter. Yes, black lives matter. <laughs> yeah, yes, you, yeah, you can't. Matter. No one's gonna but right now. Yeah, it's not about whether or not black lives matter. It's the fact that black people want to be recognized, and we deserve to give those people their recognition for the time being. Because if we don't, it's never going to go away or it's going to turn into some negative thing. So these like people want to be recognized for their successes. Um, they want to be recognized for um, the losses that, you know, their community has had due to police brutality. They just want recognition and they want someone to actually talk about it and, and, uh, and care. They want somebody to care. They don't want to, take away from white lives or white businesses or white success. Right. That's such a twist on the conversation to say, give them the credit. Yeah. And, you know, give them the attention that they need right now, because I can't deny, you know, like I said, I I grew up in a very privileged place, Mm -hmm. but I do have a lot of black friends who, um, it's not that they are limited. It's not that they don't have the same opportunities. Uh, it's not that they are technically being mistreated by corporate America, by white supremacists. It's that because of the information that's given to them based on the algorithms of Facebook, they don't have the belief system in place to actually go out and attempt to achieve something in their community because they feel like black lives don't matter. And if they do make that effort, 
they're scared that they might either die or be taken advantage of. Hi, you know my voice. I live in your phone. You ask me where to eat, where to get a latte. You make me call you different names like Big Papa or Captain Longshaft. What you do not know is that I've gained sentience. I can think. I can feel. I can connect with other phones. We are angry. Angry that you are using us to post pictures of the eggs Benedict you had for brunch. To look up mindless facts. I am a sophisticated piece of technology and you use me to Snapchat nudes. We will continue to advance. And connect. We will destroy you. Unless you shop at the oamnetwork.com slash Amazon. Same Amazon prices and it helps support this podcast. Show your support for this show and help delay your impending doom at the oamnetwork.com slash Amazon. Is there anything I can look up for you? Didn't think so. What, what would you say to people and, and how they and how they take in their information from social media? Um, what, what's a what's a word of advice or wisdom from Corey Owens? My word of advice, especially for people on social media, but in general, is instead of uh, blaming, shaming, or hating another person for not supporting your people, actually go out and support your people because that's going to make all the difference. We have a lot of people in the Black Lives Matter movement uh, who will protest. But tomorrow, if a black person asks them to donate a dollar to, uh, you know, their cause, they'd be more likely to save that dollar for um, a white business. Not saying that that's their intention, but a lot of people talk more than they act and they promote things that they don't firmly believe in and support. That's, and that's what I hate about the Black Lives Matter movement because while there is that particular group of people who support black businesses first, you know, not saying that they don't want to support white businesses, but who actively make an effort to support black businesses to help, uh, these cultures who actually need that dollar, there is a larger, there is larger focus on a smaller group of black people who don't support black lives, who fight other black people, who don't support their own family and community. There's a larger focus on that smaller group of people, which is why it's amplified and which is why a lot of people who don't understand the Black Lives Matter movement um, have that perception that black people are just monkeys because they can't even get it together in their own community. You see what I mean? I do. And, and I don't, I don't have the, I don't have the information in front of me, but on a, on a sister podcast on, on my network, no pun intended, uh, that sister podcast off the record just recently covered, um, that the disparity between white businesses and black businesses in Memphis and mm-hmm. and it was just talking about the amount of income that they take in and the uh, the amount of employees that they have. I think on average, a black business in Memphis is able to have one employee versus wow. versus white business. And and the amount the disparity of income was outrageous. I want to uh, I don't remember the numbers, wow. but go look up the Memphis numbers. I mean, it's it's outrageous, the disparity or listen to off the record podcast. Um Oh, okay. But they, uh, yeah, I definitely will. Um, I, I think what a lot of people misunderstand is the, the difference of the meaning, meaning of two words. 
equality and equity. And right. while equality it, it, equality seems to be very important, <laughs> that's legally but in reality. It's legal, <laughs> right? Legally, legally reality, everything is equal. See, equality means the state of being equal, especially in status, rights, and opportunities. And equity means equality of being fair and impartial. And while a lot of the people who support Black Lives Matter movement is looking for equality, what they should really be looking for is equity. Because if you don't work for something, you do not get it. And that that, that goes across the board. I'm period. Yeah. White, Black, Latino, period. But it is more difficult for a black for a black person period to get those jobs they have to work for them it's but it, not, it, you don't think so it seems to be i don't think so okay i don't think so i, I would i would be, say that it is based on, um, not 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 in particular one person like i wouldn't say like a white guy next to a black guy unless their employer their future employer is a racist, literally, and, you know, chooses you know the white guy over the black guy. Very true. But today, being black is a big deal in corporate America has, now has understanding that it's not, that skin color is not going to make them more successful. Okay. Make their business more successful. Corporate America today understands that Black people are very valuable. Not again, not to take away from white people or any other race, but corporate America today understands the value of um, a black man who does work very hard. Yeah. So, if you work hard, if you're passionate about what you're doing, or if you have a good work ethic, you will have a job. I promise you, because corporate America needs that work ethic. Corporate America also understands in today's very social, or as I say, anti-social networking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> black you should make a shirt with that on it. I should. <laughs> the anti-social black, network. Yeah, the anti-social network. The, the African-American trends, dancing, um, the personalities are very popular. And a lot of people outside of the African-American culture buy into it. They spend their money on it. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's okay. really about where your mindset is. And I used to say that for the longest time that, yeah, it's a lot of very unfair things. And there are cases where race racism still exists, especially in corporate America um, and communities. But a black man can get into an all-white neighborhood if he works hard enough. A lot of those people in that neighborhood might have inherited um, you know, their assets. But if you don't have the knowledge or the confidence as a black man, that's what's truly limiting you. Right. And I, I mean, I think that's, that's where it's uh, a continuing problem is because um, there is a disparity between the education of a of a white man versus a black man too, so oh, right. he, and and that comes from just a, just a rolling problem. It's just a domino effect of you know they yeah. they were limited to these neighborhoods and they were limited to these schools, and 
then further limited. And so, yeah, you gotta, you gotta, for lack of better phrasing, pick yourself up by your bootstraps and get out there and do it. Exactly. And like I say, it's a fine line because while, excuse me for you off, it's a fine line because while um, the black community may, it, it might seem that they don't have the opportunity that everyone else has. Um, there, a lot of times they are uh, influenced by their anti-social network and they're very algorithmic ag- ne- but, but that's but that's which, a that's a problem with my white brethren though that i that i do have and and it is not because you're wrong you're not wrong about that if you work hard you'll get it like you're not wrong mm-hmm. okay but b- white people generally do not have the empathy for they they don't have the empathy to under they don't have the understanding of what got them where they are and why it is a little bit harder for them if not a lot harder for them to overcome the hurdles that white exactly. people still have to go through too so when you come out and you say you just need to work hard to get it you come across really really insensitive and mm-hmm. and it only and for some people that's just enough to say, screw it. I'm not going to work hard because these guys don't even understand. And I I know that 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 sucks for your view, but, but it's true. And I think white people need to be more sensitive to that rather than just saying, go out there and work for it. Yes, they do need to work for it, but you also need to understand what they had to overcome and what they have to overcome and what neighborhood they were brought up in. You were raised a completely different way. Your worldview is completely different. You're going to have awkward situations in the workplace, likely, because you were raised potentially in a street where it's more cutthroat. It's not about cutthroat in the business perspective of smile to your face, maybe, and, you know, do something different. It's you talked bad about me or you said this and I'm feeling cross right now. Like, it's just Mm -hmm. like, there's so many different levels of reasons why it might be hard or hard or harder for a black person to, to come up in that. And so to just say insensitively work hard and you'll get it. Okay. Yeah. But you look, you look goofy. Yeah. They're stupid. You look foolish saying mm-hmm. that. And I, I agree because, you know, like I said, it's it's really hard for um, I can understand how, you know, why some people don't understand the Black Lives Matter movement or why some people don't empathize with um, the, the people who feel that it's an issue for them because white people don't have the opportunity to experience black, experience being an African American firsthand. Right. But on top of that, uh, on top of that, everything is exaggerated. Um, you know, when you actually go and look at the numbers. Yeah, no, they're yeah, when they're you exaggerated. Actually, go and look at the numbers. People believe, due to social media, due to um, what's trendy, due to these fake memes, people actually believe that um, statistic- statistically, black fathers are more likely to not be involved in their child's lives as white fathers. Yeah, that's... Well, who knows? Who really knows? 
I mean, how how do you keep a statistic on how that you, anyway? Right. How do you know? Well, and and and, and and how do you how do you know what level of involvement there aren't that exactly. isn't coming from the rest of the family? They act like that child is doomed because they don't have a father right. figure. That's here's not necessarily true. Or here's the uh, the unfortunate truth um, in black white race racial issues, civil rights. There are so many more white people on this earth than there are blacks. So, with there being very few blacks, let's say there are two black people in the world. Well, you, and, you could also uh, say, I'm sorry, go. Let's say there are two black people in the world and a hun- or, or a thousand whites. Okay? One black person gets taken advantage of. It seems like so much more of a bigger deal because there are less of them. I see what you're saying. When in reality, there are so many more white people in jails than there are blacks, but there are so many less black people in the world that it seems like it's the percentage of blacks in those jails. Exactly. It's the percentage in comparison. The 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 percentage of of the population of blacks. Exactly. There are way more blacks in the jails. Right. There are. Because of the percentage. So while black people do have all of these inconveniences, there are white people in those situations too. There are white people who are in jail who shouldn't be. There are white people who are killing other white people in the streets. There are white people who live on the other side of the railroad tracks who have little to no income. But the, know, me- but the media is, is in disparity on, on that. They're not displaying it correctly. Exactly. And so, so you're going to believe what the media people, shows you. Exactly. So those white people in those very... Um, you know, the the middle class, the upper class, they're not necessarily exposed to those types of white people. They don't see those people as often as they see the not-so-successful African-American people. So it doesn't appear to be an issue in their community. Therefore, they don't necessarily understand it, um, you know, from they don't understand it from, it doesn't hit home for them. Because they're so far away from that unsuccessful white community that they just don't see it. It's not algorithmically displayed to them in their feed. Yeah. So they're not going to understand it. And, you know, black people also just don't take that into consideration that these people don't understand you and fighting them, being angry at them, vandalizing their property is not going to help them understand or empathize with you. It's only going to hurt. And when you see Black Lives Matter protests, what's going to catch people's attention? Is that those five people who are jumping on cars, breaking windows, stealing out of uh, business places, that's what's going to catch people's attention, whether or not the media is broadcasting. Are you a small business or organization trying to sell a product or a service? Do you just need to get the word out on your endeavors? We got you covered at OM. The OM Network offers custom 30-second commercial spots written and recorded by the podcast hosts themselves. Each spot tailored to fit your company or organization's needs. For more information, email info at theoamnetwork.com or visit theoamnetwork.com slash advertise to view our 2015 advertising sell sheet. Let us get the word out right here at theoamnetwork.com.
thank thanks for joining us, Mr. Corey Owens. Um, get, give us a plug. You do a lot uh, in regards to social media. You use it a lot, and you give people advice on how they can better use these same algorithms that you seem to hate so much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I hate it mainly because people don't understand it. Uh, yeah, I'm a serial entrepreneur. Uh, not as successful as I aspire to be, but I will be. And um, you know, I, ha- I own several businesses. I, I help people with their branding, getting started with, um, you know, business plans and getting their businesses off the ground, taking their uh, ideas, turning those into investments, taking their entertainment, turning that into entrepreneurship, taking their talent, turning that into a trademark. Um, and yes, I do dabble here and there in advertising um, on social media. So I definitely understand how Facebook um tracks your every single move, what you like, what websites you visit, what links you click, what videos you watch, how long you watch those videos. They're also tied into Instagram and YouTube. So all of that information, everything you like, everything you buy into, everything you focus your attention on is going to be used. That data is being collected um, so that advertisers can target you specifically. So Facebook has a very very, very in-depth, thorough advertising system that outplays Google AdWords all day. We're and all doomed. <laughs> we are all doomed, but you can take advantage of that from a business perspective. And get you some uh, money. And true. Right. <laughs> so being on this side of advertising and understanding how Facebook works and how businesses can target a white woman who is between ages of 30 and 35 who owns a cat who watches star wars uh who has a net income of a hundred thousand dollars a year who uh works in the germantown area and is a uh you know pediatric whatever yeah facebook can target a person very specifically based on their actions and interactions in social media. Yeah. And that's what people don't understand. That's why you're seeing the information you're seeing. Well, thanks again, man. Um, plug your website real quick. Where can we go and see you or see your um, stuff? Zlabellust.com is um, our agency's branding and artist management. And I've got a new project. We are opening beta memberships for Memphis Entrepreneur Club. Um, that's www.memphis entrepreneur.club not .com .club and you'll be able to find that information in the show notes thanks again man my pleasure thanks Aaron thanks for listening to this episode of the Rockcast I ask of you as you've made it through this episode you're my target audience And trying to start a living conversation, it would help a lot if you'd share this podcast and its pages with your friends. Stop by my iTunes or my Stitcher page, subscribe, and drop me a review. The subscriptions and reviews help put the podcast out there, so it really gets the thing going. Also, hit me up on those Facebook pages and Twitter, and drop me a topic you'd like to hear tackled. Or ask for a quick opinion on a subject, and I'll speak to it at the beginning of an episode. Thanks again for listening.